Hello. Lynn, how are you today, now my dear? Then, I'm very well, thank you. Gosh, you're a little bit loud. I need to turn you down. Uh, that's better. Oh, it's good news <laughs> that I'm coming through loud and clear, though. Beautiful. Yes, yes. Loud and clear on this sunny day as well. It is so. a beautiful, calm and crisp Monday morning, isn't it? On the yeah, it makes first you feel of so February much today. Better. Makes you feel better, doesn't it, when you're in in this horrendous situation of lockdown, but you look out of your window and the sun's shining, makes you feel a lot better. Yeah, we're still stuck in the middle of the pandy, aren't we? I remember I remember in the I remember in the maybe the first or second lockdown when it was summer, I was thinking, Oh, I'm really thankful that this is happening now and not in winter. But yet here <laughs> we are. <laughs> yes, little did you know at that time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I know um, nobody could expect or see this coming, could they? No, no, nobody, nobody, not at all, no. But, but you are exactly right. It's important to get out and enjoy the nice weather. I remember specifically during the first lockdown, there was a period of about four days where I didn't go outside. And it mm. wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. I just bought a lot of food in because that was the plan at the time, wasn't it? Everybody, you were supposed yep. to get as much food in as you can and then not go to the supermarket as often yep. sort of thing. So I, I bought a lot of food in. I already worked from home. I was already supporting my members online in the Six Steps to Slim program, etc. So I didn't have, I've got a bit of exercise equipment at home. So I didn't have nowhere to go. By the nope. fourth day... I found myself just staring out of the window gormously like a house cat. And I thought, yeah. oh, I'm going crazy. I need to go outside. And then when I got outside, the first time I remember I could feel the sun and the wind on me again. And then I heard the birds singing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then chuckled to myself. Literally, my immediate thought was I laughed to myself in my own head. And I thought, oh, the birds don't know anything about COVID-19. <laughs> They ain't got a clue. They're Ab- just still singing absolutely. their songs. Yeah, the, the yeah, birds are still singing, the sun's still shining. Yeah, yeah, but what's, um, what's really sad and what's um, provoked a thought in me by you just saying that is that was you after four days. I've got some people who have, some friends, I mean, who haven't left the house since last March because they're I'm terrified. The same. I also have they're friends. actually terrified. Yeah. I- yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Um, but I would encourage people to go outside because you cannot catch COVID-19 from flipping thin air. You have to catch it from somebody else. So try yes. and just go yeah. go for a walk early in the morning or late in the evening. There's no shops are open. There's there's not people about everywhere flipping swarming. Not unless you go to an actual... No. I've heard if you go to scenic places like to, yeah, to your local stops. lake or yeah. something. Yeah, then I've heard it's quite busy yeah. there. But it's going to be isn't it? It's going yeah. to be. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is important yeah. to get outside, not only for physical health, but also mental health, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as, as you say, and as some of the members in our group have said, I, you know, I've seen places on my doorstep during this lockdown I never knew existed, you know, because I'm a person who, you know, leaves my house, gets in the car, drives to meet a friend for lunch or breakfast or, or what have you, sit at a table, natter, 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 um, have my lunch or my breakfast, get back in the car, come back home again, do a few chores at home, get back in the car, go and meet somebody else, blah, 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 blah. So never really have I seen the beauty, actually, of where I actually live. And now, you know, I'm going out for a walk every day 
And, you know, each day we're sort of going in a different direction from our house. Sometimes, you know, driving five minutes or 10 minutes away from the house and then getting out of the car and walking. And I'm just looking at things thinking, blooming, you know, I've lived here for 30 years and I never knew that I had this on my <laughs> doorstep. So that is, well, it's been a real eye opener for me. So I think mentally that is a real boost as well, that you see that, and I, I don't know about everybody, but I'm sure that most people have got something on their doorstep that they can look at or take in or breathe in or something, um, you know, that, that they didn't know existed before. So I think that's really, um, really important to do that. I completely agree. I try and get out walking as much as I can. Often, if I'm on phone calls with people not dissimilar to this, like maybe consultations to join the program or catching up with the members of the actual program, um, I, I try and get out for a walk. And I've been exploring a place in Sheffield at the minute called Kellam Island. And it's really mm-hmm. nice. I've been, I've been up and down all the back areas. <laughs> I mean, it's only factories. Mm-hmm but mm. it's, it's really really nice it's really really nice it's you nice. do know that it used to be horrible around there oh yes i used to live there yeah um, i lived yeah. there for about five years but but again i was i was working a lot and um as, as a personal mm. trainer so i was in a gym at kellam island most of the time back then so i didn't really like like you were saying fully explore the actual area but yes when i when i moved there it was Mostly factories, probably, and mm. half and half, half and half the Sheffield, let's say, red light district. Um, That's right. And... <laughs> That's what it was well known for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not not very built up. And now it's not. Now it's flipping vegan croissants. And <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> every absolutely. every third place is a coffee shop. There's still some factories yeah. around there. Um, yeah, if you it's go to the back really end. nice around there now. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it became a big drinking area as well, didn't it? Like, there's a lot of mm. one of mm. one of one of the members in the group is the owner of the Kellam Island Tavern, a famous pub down there. There's other famous yes. places. There's, there's the Grind Cafe, which is famous down there. There's the Fat Cat Pub, which Fat is famous Cat, down yeah. there. Yeah the, yeah, the Stew and Oyster. Have you ever been there for Stew at Stew and Oyster? I haven't. No, I've heard of it, but I've not been oh, there. My, oh, you need to go. I don't know if it's open now, <laughs> but when they're open, if we can go back and sit in. Oh, my yeah. God, it's amazing. They give you a little, uh, your own little mini, like, it's like a mini cauldron type thing of oh, stew. Really? Just, just for, yeah, there's loads of different types of stews you can pick from. They do, like, normal beef and potato style, like, York, I would call it Yorkshire-style stew. I don't know. Um, yeah. But they also do, like, chicken and chorizo, and you can get this and that other Ooh. thing. And, yeah, loads of different ones. And you get it's, nice- it's interesting as well. I'm just thinking, I, um, I was looking in my um, diary today, and I, I think I mentioned the other day, I've got one of these diaries where you can look back to what you did last year and the year before. It's a five-year diary, and I'm on year three in this diary. And today, on the 1st of February last year, I went on an artisan food tour of Kellam Island. Oh, did you um, know? <laughs> that was, oh, my gosh. That was absolutely fantastic. And I would recommend that to anybody whenever we uh, have this lockdown lifted. It's called Kellam Island uh, Food Tours. And um, it was fantastic. You walked all the way around Kellam Island, but mm-hmm. investigating lots of different places en route, like there was a cheesemaker's that has closed down, but only, I think, because of the whole um, COVID thing, but where they handmade cheese and lots of different types of cheese, but it was, you know, like brie type of cheese uh, or camembert, something like that, the soft cheese. 
And uh, you went in there and had a little taste of that. And of course, then you could buy some. You know, the whole idea really, I guess, was to give some business to um, those um, local businesses that were making handmade things. So there was like a little um, visit to a cheese place. There was a visit to a handmade chocolate place, a uh, visit Ooh. to a coffee, a coffee place where they gave you all the history of where they got the coffee beans from. And, and you had a little taste of their coffee. And then there's a, a little brewery down there. We went there and you could have like a little taste of their uh, lager or beer. And it was great because, I mean, I know obviously we're on here to talk about food and drink, but you didn't sort of have, <laughs> you stuff, stuff yourself with food. You know, it was a little taster of each thing. But, it's, you know, you spent sort of quite a few hours there and there was 12 people in the group. And it was great because you got to talk to people and saw these little places. And you did a real lot of walking as well while you were, while you were doing it. It was, um, was really good. Kellam Island food tours. Um, obviously, you can't do them at the minute, but um, it'd be great when you can, can get yeah, back to doing a, that the, kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot going on back there, isn't there? There is. There's breweries, there's mm. bakeries, mm. there's coffee places where they yeah. make their own coffee. Like even the Grind Cafe, like yeah. I mentioned, they've got their own coffee blend and it's flipping nice. Anybody would think we were anybody would think we were sponsored by people on this chat. <laughs> we'll have to go, go afterwards and tell them that we've been advertising them for free. On our, I don't mind uh, giving shout outs to people here. that are great. I do not mind. If I people... don't either, especially when they're local Sheffield, uh, you know, independent people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I agree. Um, thank you for coming yeah. to talk to me again, Lynn. We've been we've been getting straight into it and off topic immediately, haven't we? As we often do. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can I, Let's get back on topic. Yeah. Can I do a little intro and then ask you because you you've dis, you've come up with these two great topics for us to talk about today. So would that be okay? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, because I did just want to say welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Slum Society page, Slum Society followers and followettes. Today I'm chatting to Lynn Robertson uh, once again. We've been getting into it already. She's a nutritionist and one of the coaches at Slim Society. So thank you for joining us on this beautiful Monday, as Lynn did say, uh, did say sorry, wherever you are. We are live on stereo at, what time is it? 11 minutes past 10 a.m., but this... Mm. Podcast also goes goes out all across the internet to Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, flipping Google something, everything, <laughs> everything and everywhere. And today we've come to talk about, I'd like it if you told us what the actual question or topic was, Lynn, but it's about cravings and whether you can ever really fully beat them. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and th I was inspired to come up with this subject to talk to you today uh, by one of the members in our group. Um, she'd, she's a person who is really on a pedestal as far as I'm concerned because she's lost sort of <laughs> over six stone. Uh, she's she's lost over a hundred pounds, hasn't she? Yeah, over a hundred pounds. She's got a backstory that is similar to oh gosh so many people that I know including myself you know tried every diet under the sun etc etc uh, this was sort of last stop saloon uh, the six steps to slim um, and she's grasped it with both hands and as far as I'm concerned is a success 
Um, and, you know, in inverted commas, is a success. So she's slimmed down. She looks beautiful. She's a lovely person, et cetera, et cetera. And then this week she put something um, on our group, um, a post um, into our group saying had a bit of a blowout and then listed all these things that she'd had, including half <laughs> choc- Terry's chocolate orange and so many Harry pies. pie <laughs> and this, this, that, that and the other. But never mind, you know, tomorrow's another day sort of thing. And it just made me think when I read it, gosh, you know, there's this person who um, is, in my opinion, you know, a huge success, has lost all this weight, but she's still um, had a blowout or fallen off the wagon or whatever word you want to use, you know, lost control. or There's all sorts of words you could use. And I went back and forth with her talking about this um, this particular post that she'd made. And she, you know, clarified a lot of it by saying that she'd mindfully eaten that stuff, that she'd thought about it. She'd sort of d- decided it was Friday night and that she wanted to have this blowout and that uh, it was controlled and that the day after she'd gone back to her new normal of, you know, being very careful with what she eats and and um, counting her calories, et cetera, et cetera. But it made me think about um, having blowouts and whether not, no matter which slimming program you, you're on, um, whether you can ever actually be cured, in inverted commas, can you be cured of cravings, <laughs> desires, um, wanting to have a blowout and whether that is, Uh, down the um, crisp route, you know, the crisp sausage roll type route, or whether it's down the chocolate and mince pie route, or whatever your particular... Alcohol, alcohol, yeah, and that's a completely different subject, um, in my opinion, because um, as as, um, I was thinking along these lines as well, and I was speaking to this person about it, the alcohol, I think, is different, because I think alcohol, as you've said before, Connor is more of a drug. It's more of a, you know, people can get really dependent on alcohol. Yeah, it's a physically addictive actual drug where food isn't, yeah. So it is actually a different scenario and situation. Absolutely. So I think it's, yeah, it's different, but the same, as in that could still be your weakness or your... um, You can still crave it, yeah. You could still Mm. crave it, but from a sort of alcoholic viewpoint, then they always say that if you um, are an alcoholic, the only way that you can not be an alcoholic is to never, ever touch the stuff again. Um, and that obviously made me think again as to what what does all this mean about us having these cravings? And can we actually be cured of them? And obviously, thinking about the alcoholics, there are people who aren't alcoholics anymore. And therefore, they have cured themselves of they've cured themselves of drinking have they cured themselves of the desire to still drink i don't know the interesting that, question because, yeah or or of the yeah, addictive personality actually, i do know i do know some people who uh, were alcoholics but i've never actually asked that question as to do you still want and desire and crave a drink or have you actually in inverted commas again got it out of your system um and that made me think about you know talking to you about this whole cravings of stuff and then it made me think about the words junk food and what junk food really means but 
and and what does junk food mean and then you know obviously we can go off at that tangent there and we can talk about that in a little bit but I think coming back to the cravings thing the last time you and I had a discussion on this podcast I talked about my top tips for losing weight and one of them was don't deprive yourself of anything and I believed that all all my life, all my adult life, and you know I'm I'm going to be sixty this year, and all my adult life I've d- decided that to deprive yourself of anything, you're just going to absolutely not last or not survive on any dieting program, because um, that that is all you will think about. If your weakness is a glass of wine or a bar of chocolate or a bag of crisps then all you're going to think about all the time is I can't wait for the day until I can have the glass of wine or the, or the bag of crisps. So therefore, if you allow yourself to have one of those, two of those, however many, and count it into your programme, as we say, whether that is counting calories or whatever it's counting. And as you know, I used to run two um, Slimming World classes and I used to say to my members then, Don't deprive yourself because all you'll do is want that item more and more. And then eventually you'll just blow out and just think, right, I'm having it now. And then you won't be able to stop. So you'll eat eat the whole bar of chocolate or you'll you'll drink the whole bottle of wine or two bottles of wine or whatever. But then I was interested that you said something the other day about um, if you've got these cravings, then you can get rid of them. And you can get rid of them by going cold turkey or they're, they're the words I've used. I don't think you actually use those words. And that if you say to yourself, well, my weakness is chocolate, so uh, I'm going to go cold turkey. So for um, the next X number of days, and you can fill in what the X is, Connor, in a minute. But for X number of days, I won't have any. And I think that you've said, Connor, that after that amount of time, you won't desire or crave them anymore. And I'm fascinated by that and I want to know more about that. So can you tell me what you mean by that? And is it really true that you can get rid of the cravings? Oh, my Lord, Lynn, that was a speech. <laughs> I know it was. I know it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's OK. You've, but there's about 15 different points within this that we could unpack. Um mm. So I'd like to go right back to one of the first things you said, which really struck me when you said, can you, quote unquote, be cured? Because um, I think cured is a very specific word, because if if you are to be cured, that means, or this is putting the assumption to me, that that sounds like there's a problem that needs to be gotten rid of, or you've got some kind of disease, or there's an issue, or something mm. that needs to be gotten rid of. And I don't know if just craving some chocolate is a disease or an issue really um so i think cured's mm. an interesting word that you've chose why why did you did, did, were you thinking about it like that or with the connotations or semantics of it or not or is it just a word that you picked um i think i think there's two ways of looking at that um one is cured of the craving as in to to, so that you never have that craving again is one side of it the second is the blowout side of things as to once you start you can't stop so the thing that you know the person put onto the group as to i had a mince pie and half a chocolate orange and some haribo and 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 therefore once i'd had you know once i'd had the taste of the sweetness i couldn't stop so that the binge side of it is one side of the can you be cured of the binge side of it again no i understand and better, the other yes. so so that's that is what i really meant 
But the other side is obviously, you know, can you be cured of of not craving it anymore, actually? Sort of turning it on its head and saying, I actually don't really like sweet things anymore. I've got out of that uh, desire or craving or habit. I don't know if habit comes into it or not. Yeah, all right. Well, that does, thank you. That does make better sense because could you be, quote unquote, cured of going on a crazy, I don't know, three day or one week, just all out junk fooding spree if you didn't want to do that yes it can be helped yeah and you can get that under control of course can you be ever quote unquote cured of enjoying nice tasting food mm, no so mm. there's there's a number there's a lot of different ways we can go about this because to crave literally is human that's what one of the yeah. things that humans do is we desire we always want more. That's how we've concreted over the entire Earth. And now we're looking at other planets too. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just always want more. We want to refine things and make it stronger and stronger and stronger and refine it down. This is what we always do. And food is something, desiring food, searching for, thinking about, seeking food. This is evolutionarily wired into us. Because if we don't eat food, we'll die. Within, within, I don't know, after like mm-hmm. three days yeah. of no food, things start to go south, don't they? Yeah. So, so, so humans are wired up to think about food all the time, especially because we've got old bodies in a new world. Evolution is very, very slow. We have the exact same bodies and minds as people within a quarter of a million years ago, within cavemen, 250,000 years ago, maybe even somewhere up to 500,000 years ago. People, there's lots of different estimations, a long time, people being exactly the same. Until about 50 years ago, Food was always hard to get. And it still is, even in half of the world today, isn't it? It still is hard mm-hmm. to get. Um, there are still people in 2021 that go to bed, unfortunately, hungry at night. So throughout all of human history, imagine humans have always been the same. There's been five ice ages. Like <laughs> you, You're born on ice <laughs> in it, and then you, you slip and slide around. Nobody you can even tell if you're crying because it just becomes icicles. <laughs> And then, and then you, your, your entire life's just on ice. You can't flipping grow anything. It's like, it must have been awful. And there's been famines and diseases and wars and flipping just, however much stuff's gone on in human history, it's been absolutely crazy. And food's been hard to get throughout all of this time. So if you could find food, that'd be amazing. And you know what we should definitely do? Gorge it all right now. And the people who could eat the most, fastest, and store the most of it as body fat, in a flipping ice age, they survive best. In an ice yeah. age, they yeah, because the, the body fat keeps you warm. It's calories for later in case we can't find any food. So we should we should steal all this food. We should gorge it quick. I definitely don't want to share with you. <laughs> we're going to <laughs> trough it all down quick, especially in a world where like food preservatives and stuff didn't exist either. So if you don't eat the food pretty fast, then it's going to go off, isn't it? Or somebody else is going to steal it or an animal is going to come if it smells it and then it'll eat the food and it might eat us. So we definitely need to eat all the food right now. This has always been the safest thing throughout most of human history, literally most of human history. It's only for us in the, I don't know, quote unquote, Western slash modern world, whatever you want to call it, um, where we have the opposite problem, where we still have these desires for salts, sugars, fats, the things that keep you alive, to be fair. This is why mm. your brain, get, yeah, they give you a dopamine hit. Your, your, your brain gives you a dopamine hit when salt, sugar, or fat touches your tongue because that is a positive, for all of human history, that's been a positive correlate with survival. 
literally it as being good if you could get salt and sugar and fat because they they are literally things that you need to stay alive as a human but in mm. In today's world, companies have kind of hijacked this and they understand this reward mechanism that's built into us for, for searching for, seeking and consuming food. They understand that this is built in. So they create foods and it's not a nefarious thing, in my opinion. It's just supply and demand. If people didn't like it or want it, they wouldn't make it. They're just, I don't know, filling a gap in the market, aren't they? They're giving people what people want. Mm -hmm. they, but they create these highly palatable foods out of salt, sugars, and fats. This is why salted caramel ice cream is the goddamn best thing because it's got all three, <laughs> it's got all three of them mixed together. It's, it's sugar and fat spun together and cold, which is also a nice little sensation that you get. And it's got a nice texture and it's got salt. It's got all of the things, all the things that your brain loves in terms of food in one. Um, so your brain just goes wild for it. And in the past, it would have been good to eat it all in one go. But now because we've got infinite, like the salted caramel ice cream, it's like two pound a tub <laughs> or something. It's in, you can just always get more. So you can't just sort of, I don't know. We can't just be as instinctual as it might have been advantageous to be in the past. We've still got these, these old instincts and these old desires built into us, um, you know, to, to lash out at people, to be angry about things, to hide, to, is that your phone going off? <laughs> it is. Don't don't worry, someone else will answer it. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, we've still got these old instincts and desires built into us, but we just can't listen to them like it might have been advantageous to do in the past. So so anyway, to come around to a conclusion, this is why you can't get rid of it. You can't meditate it away. You can't think it away. You can't mindful it away. You can't you can't change three hundred thousand years of evolutionary biology. Okay. Survival and survival genetics that's built into you to love food just because companies okay. hijack it and food's everywhere that doesn't mean it's literally built into you as a human to love food does that make sense mm. yes so that's why the cravings never go fully like even as a nutritionist i've been flipping teaching people how to deal with cravings for 10 years <laughs> and i still crave things so, and i still have food so, too yeah, so explain to me then about the, well, if you don't have any for 10 days or whatever, is that that the desire will um, lessen then? Yes, that's exactly how right. it goes, yeah. Humans only desire things that you've, you won't, we mostly only desire things that we have access to and things that we've had recently because we have poor memories and we forget. Um, this is why sometimes, let's say we've, we've been on the run up to Christmas, we've been eating quite a lot of chocolate, mm. quite a lot of junk food, something like this. And then you think, right, it's January the 1st, I need to get this under control now, I'm stopping. For the first three days, it's really quite tough, isn't it? It's really quite tough because your brain is crying <laughs> like a child. Yes. We used, to, we, we used to have more dopamine than this. Where is the mouth pleasure? Where has it gone? Day to day, we used to have more <laughs> pleasure. Where has it gone? It cries and it just desires and it wants it. But then anybody who's gotten control of their cravings in some sort of way knows that after maybe three days five days a week it depends i don't it's different for different people but, but the, the cravings do get less and less and less and less and less and it gets to the point where you start to wonder why you ever felt like you needed it before because while you're in the uh -huh. midst of the cycle pe people say to me i need chocolate like they, mm -hmm. they, they, they but but that's 
It's that's not exactly true. They don't need it. It's just a desire so strong. It's a want that's very strong that they that they feel is is like a need. Like you were saying about the alcohol, that's a different thing because if someone's an alcoholic, a, 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 let's say a big alcoholic, they're they're quite aggressive with it, and then they quit drinking cold turkey, they can die, can't they? If you're a big time yeah. chocoholic, if you eat chocolate flipping four times a day for three years, oh whatever, and then you quit cold <laughs> turkey. You will not die. You'll probably feel no. better. That's not the same, is it? So it's not, no. It's, no. not, it's not an actual need. It's just a desire and a dopamine link. Because people just want to be happy. And your brain remembers what feels good and makes you happy. And you're supposed to be getting these signals from food, like I've said, about feeling good. Um, so your brain remembers what gives you these dopamine hits. And then it drives you because it thinks it's a good idea. Because sometimes our instincts and emotions just don't always know what's good for us. It, it drives you to do it again, like it, like it's a good idea. But then after a while, the cravings do definitely lessen until it's not that like, it's not that I don't like chocolate. It's just, I don't get starry eyed and start crossing the street, drooling immediately at it. Like I can't control myself. If that makes sense. Mm. It's not that, I, it's mm. not that I like it. It's not that I like it less. I understand that it tastes the same. When I taste it, I still understand that I enjoy that taste. But it does, your feelings towards things do change over time. And I, I think we could, we could get into some of those reasons. Uh, you're popular today, aren't you? What was that? Yeah. Yeah. There's now somebody at the door, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you're popular today. Um, I'm popular all the time, Connor. <laughs> we, we could get into some of those reasons um what what causes those cravings to die down but well do, do you agree or disagree with what i've said so far um about how you can get into a cycle of where you're always eating the junk food and it feels like you quote unquote need it and then it's a real struggle to stop but then once you stop it's kind of like the cycle of negativity when you're in it it's easy to just continue it going and perpetuate it but the cycle of positivity though it might be difficult to get into it, more difficult, once you get into that cycle of positivity, it's quite, it's not, it's not as hard yes. to keep going. So you, you've built momentum in a way. Yes. Um, and I could go off at about four different tangents now, which I'm going to try not to, because I'm sure that that could be for another, another discussion. Um, because I, I was going to go down the, a lot of it is habit route, but then that's a different conversation all about habits and things. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and we'll not go down that because I still want to talk about the whole junk food thing. But a lot of it is habit, is that, you know, that is what I normally do at this time of day or this is what I normally have after I've had my sandwich or something. You know, people will have a sandwich and a Kit Kat or a sandwich mm -hmm. and a Mars bar or something. Yeah. Therefore, they're having the um, uh, sweet hit because that's what they always do as opposed yeah. to that's what they desire or crave at that time. So that's that's sort of a different way of looking at it, I think. But what you're saying makes sense. I guess um, we need to move on then to the, um, so how do you um, not let it spiral out of control on that particular occasion? So if you desire or crave or whatever, chocolate for example how do you go and um have a, or, or what do i mean feed that desire or feed that craving 
without saying, well, now I've had that and I want another bar and another bar and another bar and now I'm going to move into the mince pies and the, the, um, you know, the cake and the, the biscuits that are, are also available. And then, of course, there's the other discussion as to well, why are they available if you're trying to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera, which is another conversation as well. But, yeah, so how, how do you... Um, how do you stop? How do you stop it turning into a binge? That's perfect. This is a perfect uh, question because like you said about the lady in the group that's lost a hundred pounds and then she had a, let's say a, a purposeful controlled overeating because she saw that food, yeah. decided that she wanted it. She Nobody can say that it's a bad idea for her to eat. She's lost over a hundred pounds. You can have yep. a mince pie, my dear. It's going yep. to be fine, <laughs> isn't it? So nobody could, nobody's, Absolutely. and she wasn't even You're not going to put itself. on a hundred pound by eating the mince pie, are you? God, no, it's imp- it's an impossibility. She's got she's so far into the positive of success that it's gonna take it's gonna take a whole lot of just I don't know, it'd take months of overeating to be making any negative dint backwards, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, mentally and physically. Yes, def- definitely. Mentally is a good point as well. Definitely. This is why I always say one meal is no big deal. And Absolutely. you can really extrapolate that out to one day is no big deal, but it just doesn't rhyme or sound as good. <laughs> so, no. I don't, so I don't say that as often. But what I do try and get people to understand is that one low calorie day makes you as slim as one high calorie day makes you larger. It's none. It's mm. nothing. It's literally mm. one, one takeaway makes you as large as one salad makes you slim. You don't eat, you don't eat one salad and then think that you've won, you're the, you've won all the dieting game and look at me. I'm the best because you know you just did it once didn't you it's like okay that's good but now we have to do it again that's how you make a difference if we're doing a few days of good eating all right now we're making progress if you're having a few days of poor eating that's when it starts to become a problem and the lady you're talking about in the group exactly like you said not only did she eat this food but the next day this was a super important point she went straight back to healthy eating again didn't she yeah yeah absolutely and that is, that is the most important thing. So this is the most important question that you've asked. Because one meal is no big deal, even one day is no big deal, even one weekend is no big deal out of your entire life, is it? It's not. Nobody weighs nope. what they ate on one weekend. That is, that is not a possibility. That's just not true. So it's what you do on average that matters. We are what we do most often. So what I always try and instill in people and get people to understand is it's not what you ate right now that's important. This meal that you just ate, that big meal that you're upset about, that's no big deal. What the big deal is, is the next meal. Yeah. The next meal is always the important one because it's what happens then. Because if you overeat once, okay, that's just the one thing. But if you overeat again, now this is starting a pattern. And now the probability of you overeating the next time, every time you do it, goes up. The, the more t- even, even if you're not wanting to do it or feeling like it's a good idea, the more times you let yourself down in a row, the more likely you are to let yourself down and get again. And it becomes a very slippery slope if people get used to letting themselves down as well. If they get used to saying they're going to do something and then not doing it, that is a slippery slope of self-esteem as well. And that creates all mm. kinds of confidence problems if people say mm. they're going to do something, but they don't. So it's, it's really important, like you said, to the, it's the most important thing, literally, because nobody ever gets to eat perfect. This is one of my points overall yep. about this subject is there's no one eats perfect. If anybody tells you they, they eat perfect, either number one, that's strange. Number two, they're probably lying <laughs> because yeah. even professional, yeah. even professional athletes do not eat perfectly. Even fitness models and bodybuilders whose job it is 
they, they're world famous for being slim, basically, for being flipping low body fat and all this. They make a lot of money. It's their full-time job just to eat the right things. Follow them on YouTube. They don't even pretend that they always eat the right things. They still go out no. to restaurants, eat massive burgers, order a dessert. It's what people do. It's what people do. Because and we should, we should, Yes, and we should take this as a positive, that if even the flipping fitness models on the front of the magazines are, are eating some junk food and some burgers every now and again at least, then we can too. This is good news. Yeah. This is great news. Yeah. We don't even have to be perfect. No one's perfect. So you don't have to be thinking, oh, you need to just suddenly meditate yourself into being nutritional Jesus. So we just don't have any, I am too holy for food now. <laughs> I do not give in to pleasures of the mouth. It's piss off. That'd be boring anyway, yeah. wouldn't it? That'd be, <laughs> if, if you got rid of all your cravings, that'd be flipping lame. Because what are you going to do? Never go to a five-star restaurant ever again. Never go on holiday, all inclusive. You can, anybody, you can Never bore Never celebrate off, your I'm, birthday or anniversary or Christmas. Christmas or anything. Yeah, you're never going to eat a box of Thorntons. Let's be real. You're going to get to the end of your life and you'll have regrets then if you don't ever have any fun in those areas. If you're just a broccoli-only stickler, let's be real. Because <laughs> you don't you don't have to. Even, even the people who are in the best shape in the world, they go on holiday and they eat too much and drink too much. It's just yeah. most of the time you're not on holiday, are you? Otherwise the holiday would be home, wouldn't it? Because home's where you are most often. If yeah. you're on holiday, if, yeah. yeah, if you're on if you're on holiday flipping seventy five percent of the year, that's not holiday, then that becomes normal life, <laughs> doesn't it? So you never that's you never fair. on holiday most often. So it never matters what you flipping do on holiday. It matters what you do at home most of the time. That's that's right. And and I think um, coming back to some of the other conversations we've had, and I think something that I might have mentioned on the last podcast as well, is that my advice to anybody, and I think I've posted it um, in our group this morning, is try to find a lower calorie version of the item that you um, like or desire or crave or is your weakness or whatever word you want to use. I think that that is um, a way or a route to success. And that's, you know, I've not just invented that. Obviously, um, you know, all those manufacturers out there who are doing now, you know, alcohol-free gin or, or you know, low-calorie chocolate bars or low-calorie crisps or, or whatever. That if you if that's your um, thing that you like, you know, the taste of salt and therefore you have the crisps or the, the sweet taste of things, then look at the back of the uh, packaging and if you desire chocolate, you know, a chocolate-covered biscuit, then look on the backs of the uh, packaging. Look at them all, and, you know, it might take a while. And um, That's how you'll learn it, about food, it, you, though, isn't it? It's a good idea. Absolutely. You know, you'll soon get used to the fact that this being a, you'll get used to being of... yeah you'll get used to being appalled that the goddamn chocolate biscuits are 140 calories each and you were definitely thinking about eating 10 <laughs> Abs- absolutely but the a bit further down the aisle there may well be a lower calorie version of that definitely that tastes pretty much the same tastes pretty much the same it's not that yeah i know but you know i'm gonna get that and it's gonna be rubbish or it's not gonna taste very nice or whatever no 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 there are yep yep you know, there's some cracking chocolate bars out there and, and they're not necessarily a smaller version of the um, higher calorie one. They can be exactly the same size, but just made differently. So just, you know, just, just got different ingredients in them. So there are there are ways of having that sweet fix or that savoury fix, but a lower calorie version of them. So. So I think I think I'm listening to what you've said and thinking about this myself over the weekend. 
I still think I would stick by my don't deprive yourself of things. This, this is what I would think anyway. Don't deprive yourself. Try to have a lower calorie version of the item. And, um, and therefore, if you did binge, as in, you know, if you had two or three of them, then it would definitely be better than having two or three of the higher calorie um, version of that item, wouldn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. There's a number. Of, I agreed with everything that you said, and there's a number of points I wanted to say about this. Um, your low calorie item swap thing was a good idea. I completely agree. I also think you're, you're right about what you said as the low calorie versions of things are getting better. Like options yeah. for everybody in food choices are getting better. The lower calorie foods are nicer now. Even like vegans didn't used to be able to get anything they liked <laughs> like five no, years ago, ten no. years ago. Now you can get everything and it's exactly the same with the vegan versions as the normal versions you literally can't tell um so the choices are good sometimes the lower calorie versions don't taste quite as good but then it's also about balance and it's also about what do you really want because one of the things i often like to say is you can have anything you want but not everything that you want and this not, this not only goes for like fitting things into your diet and into your food intake too but you could have the higher calorie biscuits and it'll taste 10% nicer, but then you won't lose any weight, or you could get the lower calorie biscuits and it'll taste 10% worse, but you'll be able to lose weight. So sometimes it's about weighing it up and what do you actually want? I often yes. use the example of like a latte because a lot of ladies in the group love a latte. And I understand that a latte, everybody, every, most people agree, a latte is nicer than an Americano, but sometimes yeah. a latte is two or 300 calories and Americano is more like 20 or 30 calories. So now you've got to weigh up if you think the latte is 10 times nicer than the Americano because it's costing you 10 times more mm, in terms of the calories. So, it, so it's also about, so I liked what you said about the low calorie swaps. And sometimes if they do taste worse, I don't even mind because it's worth it. I'd rather have the thing that's not quite as nice, but I get to be slim as well, rather than have the thing that's 10% greasier or for being mm. sugarier, but I'm not going to get hit my goals. So sometimes it's a little toss mm. up there. And sorry about this, but you just said so many things. Another point I want to say is with your low calorie swaps, it's not only about buying the foods that companies create that are low calories it's also about you thinking about what meals you like to eat at home and making low oh, calorie absolutely. versions of them it's also absolutely. about absolutely which that is you cook. which is what i did put in the group this morning when somebody was saying you know hit me with some ideas of some low calorie foods and i or, or you know some recipe ideas and that and you know i was saying well what what do you normally eat what do you like to eat you know do you like I didn't say this, but I'm just thinking now, you know, do you like a full English breakfast? Do you like bacon, egg, sausage, tomatoes, mushrooms? This is what whatever? I'm saying as well. Yes, you know, make a healthier version yeah. of it. Yeah. So so do you like that? Then then don't say, well, I can't have my full English anymore because I'm now on a diet. That's absolute rubbish, that is. Absolute rubbish. Of course, if that's your thing that you like to start the day with a full English breakfast, you can make a saving of hundreds and hundreds of calories if you make a lower calorie version of your full English yeah, use breakfast. Yeah, use your fry light, cut the fat off the bacon, Bob's your Absolutely. uncle. Absolutely. Going forward, yeah. aren't we? You, yeah. you, you, and pile it post... on, high protein, fill, fill yourself up with it, which you would do. And, you know, great. Look at, look at the plate and everybody will be like, should you call yourself on a diet? Well, yeah, because this is, you know, this is good quality uh, low calorie, filling, calorie appropriate food. food. Yeah, but still nice. Yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I quoted you and put this on the Slum Society Facebook page about this because you stopped me dead in my tracks and I thought, you're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, as, soon, yeah. as soon as I read it, pe- pe- I thought people are always asking that question. Oh, what should I eat on my diet? Oh, I need new recipes. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And you just absolutely killed the game with a one-liner. Just literally, what do you normally like to eat? Just adjust it to be lower calories. Like I like burger and yeah. chips. I, I eat burger and chips probably two or three times every week, but I make, I get my oven chips. I just get frozen ones, but I make sure they've not got like oil sprayed on them before they're frozen. Some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I get the ones that are literally just plain potato or plain sweet potato. I prefer a lot of the time, sweet potato fries, put them in the oven. I don't put any oil on them. I put a lot of uh, Nando's Peri Peri salt on them. So they taste really nice. So it's just literally potato ovened. There's no frying going on. It's not even, you couldn't even call it fries. It's like baked oven chips. Yeah. And then I make, yeah. I make my own low calorie burgers. Um, sometimes I don't even have the bread. I'll just have burgers with cheese on and the sauce on top. And I'll have two or three patties, but I'll forego the bread because I'm trying to get more protein. And to be honest, I just like the beef. I just like eating yeah. the beef. Yeah. 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 I'll eat yeah. it with a knife and fork like a gentleman instead of holding the bun. I don't mind. Yeah. So it's about but, but cooking different meals, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we're all mostly looking for new recipes because you do get bored, but you get bored whether you're, you're slimming or not slimming or, or whatever. You, know, you get bored <laughs> with eating the, eating the same that's food. A good, so, that's a good know, point. Pe- people who aren't slimming have still got a, a shelf full of recipe books, you know. So we all want new recipes. We all want, you know, give me something new to have, especially during lockdown when most of us are cooking most of the time. And, you know, give me something different to try. That's great. But I think... You know, once you when you're starting out on a new uh, regime and a new um, uh, diet and new trying to form new habits and everything, I think the easiest thing to do is look at what you normally eat and try to find a lower calorie version of it, or as you say, a lower calorie way of cooking that food. You know, a full Sunday lunch, a full roast Sunday Sunday lunch can be so much um, less, so many less calories. Just by, as you say, not putting any oil or lard or fat on your roast before you put it in into the oven. You know, you can make your Yorkshire puddings, but you can make them with skimmed milk. You can spray. Oh, your, I've, got, your... I've got a story about uh, this for you now. Go on. I completely agree with you. A flipping Sunday roast could be anywhere from 400 calories to nearly 4,000. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it could be anything, depending on what it was. And I used to go to a family member's for a Sunday lunch. And... I swear to God, it was the nicest Sunday roast you've ever (laughs) tried in your entire life. And just like it was unholy how nice it was. It was just literally mind blowing. And then after after a few weeks, I started paying attention to the cooking process because I was thinking, how? Is this family yeah. member creating this just so unbelievable? And there was she was using every single way to get more calories into the food that you can ever <laughs> imagine. Like for example, she would she would be doing the beef, but then she would save the like fats off it and put it into like a little porcelain tub thing and then put yeah. that on the side and then you reuse that back later to cook more things in. She was yeah. when when um when Ovening the carrots, they had orange juice over the top of them. The peas and sweet corn were boiled in water that had sugar poured into the water. (laughs) Yeah, the parsnips were like honey roasted and they had like a little bit of something else on them like every single item was maxed out cheese sauce (laughs) on your cauliflower 
That's that's exactly right. Yeah, cheese on the broccoli <laughs> and on the cauliflower on both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You couldn't honestly, you couldn't believe it. But you can do all of that, you know. I mean, you can do all of that. (coughs) Excuse me. You know, you can still have the parsnips. You can still have the carrots. You can still have the peas. You can still have your Yorkshire pudding. You can still have your cheese sauce. You can have, as you said, anything, anything, and you can have everything in that respect that I've just described. But you just cook them differently. You know, you can make cheese sauce with with um, low calorie cheese and skimmed milk, and still make a cheese sauce if that is what you uh, specifically want. Obviously, cutting it out altogether would be better. But you can have it. You, you can yeah, have that. Your mini you Yorkshire your... puddings can be sixty calories if you get little frozen ones. Yeah. When I when Ab- I'm out, absolutely. I always make sure. When I'm out, if I've got a choice, I go for vegetarian gravy rather than non-vegetarian gravy because they're going to have poured beef lard <laughs> into yeah. the... And, and it's not that I'll, You can't really tell the difference that much, but I'll no. literally go for the veggie gravy because the other one's just going to have grease literally poured into it and it's going to be one's high calorie, whereas if you get gravy granules, that, that's not high calorie at all, like making just gravy granules no. and water. No, decent. That, so it depends what you do right. with it. I agree. That's right. And I think, you know... Um, if we, if we move on now, because I can just I can just think. I've not even finished said, answering any oh, of your other oh, questions. Oh, go on. Though. Sorry, carry on. Carry <laughs> I've on. I've not forgotten. I've not forgotten what your questions were at all. We 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 went off track, which I don't mind whatsoever. But I always do, not always successfully. Try and remember the path that we came down to get to this point in the conversation. And we started. We were talking about the lady in the group. She lost one hundred pounds. She ate. Flipping a Terry's chocolate orange, this, that, and the other, a load of mince pies. Um, but then the next day, she got back onto it. How did she do it? That's what you asked me. Like, what are the tips mm. for not letting mm. and not letting an overeating episode spiral out over days and days and days? Yes. Immediately, yeah. immediately, I just thought of two main points for this, um, ju- just to hit on, just to answer this question. And then, yep, yeah, I agree. Um, we can move on. There's many other points we could go through as well. Mm. My first one was it has to be there has to be a level of mindfulness, and that's why, yes. like like our program's called Six Steps to Slim. The first step is yes. called mindful eating, isn't it? Even though we yeah. do calorie counting and we do this and that and we do calorie swaps and we're talking about calories, what we're actually doing is talking about food mindfully. We're talking about yes. food not only for what it tastes like and what it costs, but for what is in it and what it's doing to us at the same time so we're thinking about everything that the food involves yes what does it taste like but also what's it going to do to me how am i going to feel mentally and physically is it taking me towards or away from my goals is it adding to my health or retracting taking away from my mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. so this is all mindful eating together and jenny the the lady in the group she's called jenny shout out to jenny um she obviously has got this under control otherwise how would she have lost 100 pounds so i think it's really good and it shows the level of food control she has overall if she's managing to like you said she even said to you that she mindfully chose to eat this food so she saw it she thought yeah i've been doing well she's lost all this weight she's lost over over 100 pounds now the weight's still coming off so obviously most of the time she's, she's eating well yeah so she must have a level of control over this and the mindfulness around making the food or the overeating stop can come from so many areas. One one of the most important ones is what you always like to say. It's about remembering your reasons why, isn't it? Remembering, yeah. yes, yeah. understanding, yes, you have freedom. Yes, you can gorge all the food. You definitely can. No, no one is going to stop you. You're an actual adult. And if you run out of food, if you eat one takeaway, yes, you could just order another. But 
well, what I try and get people to the stage of is what I've just said. But, yes, you could, but... We we mm. could that's, yeah that's, over that's how you start that's how we all started and that's why we're here. Uh, what do you mean, sorry? Um, that you could order another one, and you could order another one, and you could order another one, but that's how you got in the situation that you started with, and that's why we joined the program. Because exactly, yes, so it's about one remembering and your motivations, and isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we've tried that. We've all tried it. I've tried it too. We've all tried, probably everybody listening has tried to find happiness through unlimited food. <laughs> yeah. We've tried it. We've tried yeah. overeating and overeating and overeating. When you don't like overeating that thing because you feel sick, you can wait an hour and then you can switch to something else. And then your dopamine response to it will be renewed and it'll feel great again and you can pound through another load or whatever that is. <laughs> we've all tried it, but we, we've all felt as well that there's two sides to every coin everything in the universe is equal and opposite reactions isn't it there's no there's no free games in the world everything's equal and opposite so yes it brings pleasure in one way but it robs you in another place doesn't it yes it tastes nice it makes the tongue feel good it's a nice de-stress and a distract we all love nice tasting food of course but if if it goes too far then it's then it's robbing you of all these other things that you want from life too. And I, I really hope that everybody in life, everybody listening to this wants more from life than just to taste nice things. That's only one of your five senses uh, for a start. And it's not even the most important one. If I had to lose any of my senses, I'd choose taste. <laughs> I literally would. I don't want to go mm -hmm. blind or you can't touch anything ever again or never hear the sound of my loved one's voices. I'll just not taste things. It's fine. I'll just eat healthy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, so there's, there's so many ways of looking at, looking at things. And if you talk to this lady that's lost all this weight and you are right, she, she's so happy about it. She feels great. She's motivated. She's got better energy levels. She feels in control. She's, she's found great happiness through doing these things. A, a large part of the mindfulness comes from that when you're in a good place, you don't want to spoil it. You've already been to that place before. You've tried it. We've been there in life. The overeating place, the being overweight place. You, 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 you've just spent ages trying to escape from there. Why do you want to go back? You don't want to go back, mm. really. So the, the, the longer you've been in a good, healthy position, the less you even want to go back because you've tried it. You've tried having your knees hurt and feeling sick and feeling bloated and feeling upset and pretending it's not true. We've flipping been there. and we, we scraped and struggled and squeezed and forced it and got rid of all that weight by eating healthy. And it took, it was flipping hard work. And what, now we're going to ruin it just for taste on the, on the tongue? No, that's what I think. No. <laughs> anyway, so it's about mindfulness. That was point number one. Um, yeah. Understanding, understanding like you often try and instill in people. I see you teaching people in the group and just always hitting it out about remember your reasons why you're doing this yes you want to taste nice things but there's more to life than just that you want more from life than just that don't you so your whys are your motivations the second point before i go on a rant forever was what you also said you said this is a separate point i think it's the same point the other part is the food environment it's yeah. very people think it's their willpower people come to me all the time and they're like oh i can't stop eating snacks or every single night i'm just eating snacks non-stop every weekend i'm just snacking non-stop and then if you look at the situation these people are in they're at home or if they're snacking at work too much or if it's the weekend and they're snacking too much it's because they're surrounded by snacks and literally people think that there are some people that can sit in a room 
like in the kitchen or in the living room, or even even if the the junk food's in a cupboard, let's say in the kitchen, and you're sat in the living room, that the people who struggle with this think that there are some people who can sit around the foods that they love and do nothing about it, and there are other people who can't, and they think they are the type of person that can't sit around the foods that they love and do nothing about it. And this is largely untrue. What that there's really two. Two the two groups of people are not those. It's people who choose to sit around all the foods that they love all the time and wonder why they can't stop eating it, and people who are mindful enough to not sit around all the foods that they like. People, the people who snack less, just buy less snacks. That's that's. It's not. It's not. Oh, this this person can have all the foods that they love in the cupboard and they just do nothing about it because they've got crazy willpower. Well, obviously, they don't love it that much. If that's true, because mm. everybody's got their perchant or craving haven't they, the thing that they desire and humans desire things if you love something of course you want it so it's not really that some people sit around all the food and avoid it it's some people sit around all the food and some people don't it's some people have a healthier food environment some people's homes are healthier places and they haven't got the cupboards full of biscuits and the freezer full of ice cream and the fridge full of this and the other thing full of you know just everything full of everything and then wonder why when it's just whispering to them from the cupboards eat me <laughs> eat me you're bored when it, it just waits there forever with an expiration date of 2045 doesn't it just waiting there until you feel weak or until you feel bored eat me and then you will and then you'll wonder why and i won't i'll it'll make sense to me it'll make because you've been flipping sat next to it for three months it's just waiting until you get bored or stressed, and then it's going to get munched. So uh, my, anyway, <laughs> my, se my second point is about the food environment. If you don't want to snack for a week, then don't buy a week's worth of snacks. Way Only buy flipping a couple of little snacks, and then when, you, when the, you've eaten them, they're gone. Could you, yes, get into the car and go drive back to the supermarket and get more? Yes. But it's just, if, if you're not sat around unlimited snacks... After you've eaten the chocolate and you definitely want more and you think, oh, yeah, I could definitely have more of that. If there is more, it's very easy to then consume more. And the, the probability of you consuming more is higher than if it's not there. Could you go get more? Yes. But it's just putting barriers in between you and doing the thing you don't want to do, isn't it? It's making it easier for you to succeed and harder for yourself to fail by setting up the food environment better. So I don't know. It's like, a, you ever watch Biggest Loser? <laughs> <laughs> um, or anything like this or if you, if you ever see these tv programs where people go into like this they, they'll send some fucking celebrity or some quote-unquote nutritionist into somebody's house to try and help them lose weight the first thing they always do is go through the cupboards and they're like look <laughs> we need to get rid of all this stuff out of here because it's just making it more difficult for you than it has to be and i always think well hey somebody understands and people hate me for this advice because they're so attached to the snack cupboard I call it the stress cupboard or the snack drawer or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. People are so attached to it. They think, what will I do without it? What will I do though? If I feel stressed and I can't eat, well, you'll probably feel better because we're having this conversation because you keep getting stressed and then eating. <laughs> so it'll probably <laughs> immediately fix the thing that we're actually having this conversation about. So I think number one is mindfulness and remembering the importance of what you're doing and why you're even trying to control this in the first place and not just going with the instinctual red binge eating mist. And the other one is the food environment because once... Once I start overeating as well, I'm just crap. Your brain just wants more and you already feel like you've let yourself down. So what's even the point anyways? I've already screwed it up. So in for a penny, in for a pound, isn't it? And then it does start eating spirals. So the only two ways to get out of it, and number one, remember why you're trying to get out of it in the first place. And then the other one is try and set up the situation to make it easier for yourself to succeed by not surrounding yourself with unlimited junk food. 
trying not to just, I don't know, store it like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Does that answer the question or help or make sense in any way? I think so, yeah. I think it... it um... Yeah, it does. It does. I, I think. I think you've just mentioned it in in the last part about junk food, and I think we need we do need to discuss and whether we discuss it in this podcast or whether we have another one or whatever as to labels that we give to food. You know, we've talked before about junk food. We've talked before about takeaways slash fast food. We talk about, you know, microwave meals. Are, are all these things bad? Are they bad? And what does bad really mean? You know, um, that you've, you've said in, in even this conversation, you know, we can have anything that we want, but not everything that we want. Uh, so therefore we can have junk food and we can have sweet things and we can have a glass of wine and we can have whatever as long as it's it's done in a balanced way and it's um done in a mindful way as as you've said but mm-hmm. we, we do put labels on food don't we you know like you've talked before about broccoli and salads and they're always sort of said in a negative way. So, well, we can always eat salads. Oh, we can always eat broccoli. <laughs> but, you know, we, we can always have that. And then you say things like, ooh, oh, we could have chocolate. Oh, we could have... And you said your voice, not yours particularly, you know, I'm just saying a person's so. voice changes and everything, doesn't it? When you say, oh, shall we have a glass of wine? Oh, shall we have a beer? Oh, shall we have a chocolate? We don't say, oh, shall we have some broccoli? Oh, that would be exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, Pauline well, it would said be this was... to me on... So Pauline said to me on the on the podcast we did, she said a similar thing. She said, you call it a, let's have a cheeky Nando's or a cheeky takeaway yeah. or let's have some yeah. naughty chocolate. And she literally said, you never say let's have a cheeky salad, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're goddamn right, Pauline. <laughs> no. And um, and it's, it's, I just wonder why, you know, I wonder why we as humans have, have decided that we'd, um, you know, label some things as naughty and some things as nice. And it's got to be <laughs> about nutritional value, I guess. And, and you know, I, th- I, think, I think it's think... a lot of different things. Companies also play into it, though, because if you see like a Galaxy chocolate advert or something like this, they make them sexual sometimes. They try to. They yeah. make it. They're like, yeah. ooh, indulgence. Go on. Yeah. Aren't they? All... So yeah, companies absolutely. even know they, they play it up like that. They're like, it's silky. They use all these like sexy yeah. words, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's you know there's all that that side of it as well, and um, and and where you draw the line, you know, you you've talked before about microwave meals that that they've they've come on in leaps and bounds as uh, as the years have gone by. So you know, a microwave. Well, they used meal, to be awful. Didn't you, it used to be slop. You yeah. went to the dog. Now they're all right. You actually can get some yeah. decent ones with decent. Depends yeah. where you shop, of course. But yeah, you can get some good stuff. It does. You, you can, you know, and they can be tasty and they can be low calorie and they can be full of goodness and they can, they can be exactly, exactly what they're meant to be, as in something to have for, for speed, for, you know, that, that you don't have to stand there ages peeling carrots and chopping up vegetables and that. You can get a microwave meal and put it in the microwave and, you know, three minutes, four minutes later, you've got a meal in front of you. And that's you know, that's great. There's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. This same um, description can be put to that, you know, and that the nothing, nothing and nobody is saying that you can't have 
a microwave meal. No one's saying that you can't have a takeaway. No one's saying that you can't. Well, have some people a shot. are. So, uh, some nutritionists well, or some terrible programs do say things like uh, yeah, this. Yeah, well, I, and when I'm saying no one, I'm saying no one in our group. In, in, of course, we don't say this. We we're sensible. We don't say this. And no. you know, we, we've we've talked before about you know uh, buying a, a, a packaged um, supermarket sandwich. You know, I used to absolutely avoid those because I used to say, oh, I can't have that. I can't have a sandwich out of the packet from, you know, the local supermarket. Well, of course <laughs> you can. You just need of to turn it over, look at the bike, look at the calories and find out that one of them is 200 calories and one of them is 1,000 calories. And each <laughs> of them has two, two slices of bread with some filling and some packaging around it. But one will cost you 2,000 calories and one will cost you 200 calories. Which do you prefer now that you've looked at the back of the packet? And Mindful eating. That, yeah. And, and, you know, and that's it, isn't it? You know, is that, is that junk food a, a sandwich off a shelf? I don't know. It's just convenience food, quick food, easy food, simple food, something to have when you're on the go, something to have when you're in the car, uh, you know, rather than going and buying a bar of chocolate and a bag of crisps, much better to go and have a sandwich, but have a look at the back of it, try and work out, and as you say, mindfully choose the sandwich that you're going to buy. Uh, and, and it's the same with all food shopping, really. Well, especially ones that have the calories on the back. Slightly different when you're buying fruit, vegetables, meat, fish, that kind of thing. Um, but we know that that's all... Um, nutritionally good anyway don't we that kind of food amazing yeah i think we can stay on this vein of the conversation of course i i liked a lot of the things that you said then i like this question what is junk food and i liked a lot of the different terms you used as well because i think a good place to start on this would be to ask and i'd, I'd be asking you and i'm asking myself and i'm asking the listeners at home as well if you even think that calling it junk food is the correct term because I often struggle to come up with a term that I am happy to call this type of food. You could call it junk food, but is it really junk? Because then that implies that it's for the bin because that's what we do with junk. And then why have you bought it if you're just going to put it in the bin? So I don't even know if it's really junk food. You could call it processed food, but if you even wash something or take it out of the ground or cut it with a knife, that's processing the food so what does that mean you mentioned about convenience food convenience food used to be a synonym for junk food didn't it and so did fast yep. food and now one of the things i have to really try and instill in people is that it's not faster to eat junk food anymore than it is to eat healthy food because like you said you can get good quality ready meals you can get good quality sandwiches you can eat anything you fucking want if you're just willing to look at the calories on it you can look at the protein on the back if you really want to flirt with yourself and try and eat something healthy can't you so it's not it's not quicker to eat a chocolate bar than a banana <laughs> that just doesn't make sense does it so it's not it's not even fast food because it's not faster it's not even more convenient now to eat crap food than it is to eat good food should I even call it crap food? Is that even the correct term to use, you know? So I don't even know about the term. So what do you think to the actual terminology of it, of junk food or what should, what should we be calling it, do you think? Well, it, it depends what it is. And I, and I think that that's the thing. Mm, Where does you're right. junk food start and end? What is junk food? Is junk, junk oh. food chocolate and crisps? Or is it more than that? 
you know, all right, wait, wait a second then. Let me, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt because I've actually got here the definition of what junk food is from the Oxford Dictionary. Great. And I, and I will say, I don't agree with it. Oh, Um, okay. It, it says, I'm literally reading this word for word. It says prepared or packaged food that has low nutritional value. It says, oh, sorry, it says pre-prepared. I don't know if that's, I said that last time. It says pre-prepared or packaged food that has low nutritional value. Just because something's pre-prepared or packaged doesn't make it junk food, does it? That's no, definitely not, no. That's definitely not true. And then what, what low nutritional, then it becomes a question of what does low nutritional value mean? Um, and what mm. nutrients are you even basing this on? Because if some, technically the number one, can do the number one correlating factor nutritionally for health is calories, not flipping vitamins and minerals or fiber. One hundred percent guaranteed. So if something's low nutritional value, but it's also low calories because of that, that makes it healthier overall yes. for the average person. <laughs> yes. So now what? Yes. So now what? Mm. <laughs> Semantics, isn't it? Flipping it. Mm. Mm. Yes. Well, that I don't know. Then that's. You see, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say junk food. I would um, say junk food is food with low nutritional value. I would have said that. And I guess it's still, it still is, isn't it? I, I, I know what you're, uh, what you're saying. Yes, you could, I, you I could would say still, so. Yes, yeah. I would say so. You could still would, lose I'm weight. finding it hard we've to disagree. Before, yeah, we've, we've said before that if, you know, you're setting yourself a calorie target of 2,000 calories a day, for example, you would still lose weight having 2,000 calories of oh, sorry, less than 2,000 calories, uh, if you ate that in chocolate, you would still lose weight. So it doesn't matter yeah, what you're eating, as long as the calories that, that you're consuming are if less If we're talking than, pure um, fat loss, yes. If, if we're talking pure fat loss, yes. However, as far as feeling good, feeling yes. healthy, having yes. energy, feeling yes. full, having yes. nice skin, nice hair, yes. nice nails, yeah, all, all these. of the rest of <laughs> All these. All, all these, these um, you know... Things that, that we, you know, the whole point of the, the slimming is for most people to try and be healthier and fitter and live longer and, and, and all the rest exactly of it, feel better, look exactly. better, feel happier, is that you need all those proteins, vitamins, minerals, carbohydrates, you know, all of that stuff. And therefore, if you'd got 500 calories to spend, like you've got 500 pounds to spend, <laughs> if you've got 500 calories to spend, you would be better off spending them on foods that give you all of the things that we've just said, more energy or, or you know, um, fill you up more or would make you healthier in the long run than you would spend in that 500 um, calories on some, uh, sorry, yeah, 500 calories on chocolate and crisps. I guess yeah. that that is... That is where my common sense comes in. You, you may choose that you want to have, as you said, the 500 calories worth of chocolate this time or wine or beer or whatever. But in the long term, if you were sensibly and mindfully thinking about it, the 500 calories would be better spent on, you know, a chicken leg salad or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. This is why I teach people that there's a balance between the foods that you eat, where if you eat for your calorie intake, let's say two people had a similar calorie intake, or you in two different situations have a similar calorie intake, but in one of them, you eat only healthy food, 
this will be great. Your yeah. hunger will be low. Your energy levels will be feeling good. But your cravings on the other side and your food satisfaction will be building and building and building and building. Mm. Because you're just, mm. you're just overly restricting yourself. But if you only eat junk food for your calories, then your cravings will be really low, but your hunger will be really high because food volume will be low. Because if you're keeping a yeah. low calorie intake, but you're only eating whatever we choose to term it, junkie style foods or higher calorie, low nutrition foods, whatever it is, the food, the amount of food you can actually eat is not high. Like 1,500 calories of broccoli is a lot and 1,500 yes. calories of chocolate is not. That's just how it goes, isn't it? It's just how it goes. Yeah. 1.5 yeah. big bars of Cadbury's 1,500 calories. And now you, you've screwed it. You need to flip in starve 23 hours and 30 minutes until tomorrow until you do yeah. it again. You're going to feel like yeah. dirt, aren't you? Yes, you'll lose yeah. weight, but you just will. It's just not the best idea. So it's a balance between both, isn't it? This is why Absolutely. I, and, and I agree with you. And all of it is, isn't it, Connor? All of it, you know, that what you've just said now sums it up really, doesn't it? It's all a balance. It's all about balance. All the way through, it's about balance. It definitely is, and it's sometimes spinning a different, a few different plates at once, or it's like juggling. You're trying to balance all these different things at once because yeah. there's balancing hunger, there's balancing cravings, there's balancing your food intake to be at a low enough calorie place where you're losing weight at a rate you're happy with, but also it's not causing you to be too restricted. It's not affecting your energy levels. You're still managing to sleep well. It's <laughs> it's all these things. You still manage to try and fit your social life into it. And this is what we do in yeah. the group, isn't it? People think Absolutely. that what we People think what we teach is, I don't know, like some kind of, it's really hard to describe, but it, it's not really like food education that we really teach people that much. It's not like this is a carbohydrate, this is a calorie, no. this. No, no, not really. It's about how you act. It's about, right, I know that most people already know what's fucking healthy and what's not, don't they? It's what we're actually yep. going to do about it, though. How are we actually yeah. going to make this happen? That's what we actually teach. How do you create this balance? How do you adjust adjust your food intake so that it's at a calorie level that's keeping you at a weight that you want to be and feel good at, but you're still being able to eat the things that you want to eat and you're not feeling too restricted and you're not feeling hungry and not too many cravings. And you're right. It's balance. And it's difficult. It is. You do have to put in some effort, but balance is best. It's difficult to... Lose weight, it's difficult to be overweight. So it, it's literally like being overweight is a difficult time. Losing weight is a difficult time. Which one do you want? This, this is the question, isn't it? Life's yeah. never easy. Yeah, there's no easy no. options in life. This is not how it goes. So being overweight's hard. It's a, it's a tough go. Losing weight is... And, be, and staying slim after as well is also hard. And it's also a tough go. So out of the zero easy options we've got, out of the hard options, which do you want? The ones that help you or the ones that harm you? The ones that feel good and have positives with them or the ones that only bring negatives? You want to choose the hard that's great, don't you? The hard that's better, the hard that achieves yeah. something. This is why it's worth it to lose weight and, yeah. get, and to, to try and strike for that balance and to fight for it, especially in happiness and health. Because what, what is worth Absolutely. more than that, really? What's more important yeah. than that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. To Ooh, go back, we've, co we've to... covered some subjects there, haven't we? That yes, was... I feel nearly yeah. done, but I feel like a mild yeah. summary um, would be yes. nice. So, for your question of what is junk food, we've not answered it, and I don't know if I have the answer either. So, I don't know. No. I, th I feel like it was no. an interesting and important conversation, though, and it's something to be thought about, isn't it? And yeah. I would say my, my overall answer for that would be that it's all about context. Like, yeah. for example, if someone's got type 2 diabetes and they eat something that's really high calories, that's a bad idea. It's going to damage them, like a huge chocolate bar or something. 
or a 14-inch pizza. It's going to damage them physically. It's going to damage them. If somebody is underweight or in a a situation where they're starving, a Mm 14-inch pizza might be a good idea. It might be a good idea. If you've got type 2 diabetes and your blood sugar's too high, having sugar is bad. If you've got type 2 diabetes and your blood sugar's too low, having sugar is good. So is sugar good or bad? Neither. Mm. It's the context, isn't it? It's It's like a knife. What could you do yes. with a knife? You could stab someone bad, or you could cut a cake good. So it's, yes. it's not it's not the actual it's not the actual thing. Like the food's never good or bad, really. I don't think it's ever junk or not. I think it's the context of the person, what it's going to do to them, how it's fitting into their yeah. diet. Like even yeah. the ingredients on we we spoke about this the other day, didn't we? The ingredients on the back of a dairy milk bar. Look at them. There's literally like four. There's yeah. flipping cocoa powder, sugar um milk, milk and literally like one other thing maybe like some i don't know what does one other thing in it and you can't you can't argue that any one of those i've even just given you that oh sh- everyone's like oh sugar's the devil no what you need sugar for your muscles to work and for your brain to run and your liver flipping absorbs it your body your body makes it if you don't flipping eat any because mm-hmm. you need because you need some too much is bad yes but none's also not the best none's also not the best nope. so even nope. so even even big big bad sugar is sugar junk. I'm going to have to say, mm, it depends. I'm going to have to say it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on what the food is, what their diet's like, how it's going to make them feel physically or mentally. That's what I would yeah. say about the, is it junk food or what makes something junk food or not? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. The other thing I wanted to summarize was, and I'll try and not go for too long, of course, is... About the cravings thing, the first question, do you ever fully beat cravings? And I wanted to carry on from my point of when I said no, because it's built into you, but that the longer you try on this mindful path that me and you have been speaking about, the, Mm. I don't know, the longer you go on the mindful journey, the longer you think about food, the longer you learn about, in a positive way, the longer you're learning about food, in a positive way, the longer you try and control your food, the longer you put effort into it, the longer this goes on for, do you ever become perfect? No. Does anybody become perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. And are you perfect? No. And where are the flipping nutritionists trying to teach people? So if we can't get it perfect, who's getting it perfect? I'll tell you, no one. So we don't even aim for perfection. We aim for progress. We aim to be a little bit better. And with time, that is what happens. Do you, do you always love chocolate or wine or cake or whatever your thing is? Yes. But it's that over time, the amount of times that you screw it up gets slightly less the length Mm -hmm. of time that the screw up continues for becomes less the sorry sorry there's a very loud noise from your microphone i think there oh i've not done anything there we go no sorry it's okay sometimes that happens if like your hair or clothes rub the (laughs) little can i if i do this did that sound awful yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just touched it. With, I just touched it with my finger. No, that's okay. Sorry. It was just sounding like um, feedback on my end. But okay. it's that as you go through time, and I recognize this in years in myself, literally, like, do I overeat every Christmas? Yes. But I overeat less this Christmas, the one just gone, than ones five years ago. 
and even less five years Me ago. Too. Yes, even yeah. less five years ago than ten years ago. And so now maybe somebody overeats this Christmas, maybe they're on our program. Maybe this Christmas they overeat a week at Christmas or two mm. weeks, something like this. Mm. Next Christmas, am I going to be looking for them to be perfect? No. Should they expect it? No. But maybe they'll just only overeat for four or five days. Maybe the Christmas yeah. after, they only overeat Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Ooh, now only two days out of a month. Now no one cares. Now this is a drop no. in the ocean. It's a thimble in the ocean and it's never turning the tide. So does it ever become perfect? No. But the longer you try, the screw-ups become less frequent. The size of the screw-up becomes less. The time between screw-ups extends. The, like, the longer you can stay on it, the, you do better in the times you're on it because you're also getting better at that as you go, as you go along. So it gets slightly, slightly more just under control over time until it enters that balanced region. And on a long enough time span, every single person gets there. If people try for long enough, because when everybody knows if you stop trying with the food, that's when it starts to slip back. That's, that's if, if you just think, oh, fuck this, oh, I don't care about this, I'm just going to eat whatever, I don't care. We, or we pretend we don't care for a period of time. That's when things start to slide backwards. If we're, if we're trying... We're always at least learning something, even if we're not directly making progress. You could be learning why you're not making progress. At least you're keeping some level of control and mindfulness. And this builds and it builds and it builds over time. So do, will you still love cake and chocolate and see things and think, oh, that looks really nice. And you'll think, oh, your brain will say, you could eat that. And you'll say, yes, brain, you're right, I could. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to. It's like I said, we, we, you become less starry-eyed towards it. Um over time does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah absolutely, one of the things yeah. that, one of the things that helped me is coaching people as well i i wrote this in the group as like a little post and it got a positive response um but one of the things that helps me with junk food is i just see too much pain that it's caused every day because mm -hmm. i just help too mm -hmm. many people whose knees hurt or their mind hurts, or their back hurts, or their stomach hurts, or their confidence is low, or they feel out of control. And I, I speak to people every week and they start crying because of food, because of junk food. And it's just so much pain all the time, everywhere. And I just yeah. think, it just, it, it makes me like it slightly less. Do I still think it tastes good? Yes. But honestly, it makes me respect it less because I just think, look at what, what this just, I don't know, all the sugar and fat, what it's doing to people, nice people, kind and genuine people, mm -hmm. the people that mm -hmm. I love, my friends and family, the people I'm trying to help, it's killing people. So many people die of heart disease, weight-related diseases, diabetes, it's killing people. So I just think, oh, I don't know. So do I still like it? Yes. Do I still eat it? Yes. Do I think it, still think it tastes nice? Yes. Do I think it's the all-glory Jesus? No. Do I think it's on a pedestal? No. Do I think it's more important than you or me or our healths or worth ruining your life for? No. <laughs> That's the stage I'm at. Do I still like it? Yes. But I don't know. Do I think it's always worth it? Just, I don't know, just with no thought towards anything else at Reckless Abandon? No. Mm-hmm. Good summary. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's my summary. summary. That's my, I had that. I had that on my chest. <laughs> yeah, from, and you needed to get it off. But that, that was yes, a good I'm summary. Sorry. That was a good summary. Yeah, yeah. All right then. Um, do you know, Lynn? On today's podcast, we've got eight voice recorded messages, and I do not necessarily want to play them. What do you think? 
And I feel no. saddened about... I, I think... <sighs> That's why I'm asking what you think. I feel mildly saddened about this because I think some of them are going to be real messages or questions. But it's also the internet. And last time, somebody said something that was just taking the piss. They were just... Not even out of flipping us. People just say stupid things on the internet. Um, vulgar things. So I just thought, so what do you think? Eight is, there's a chance, isn't there, amongst the eight? Do you know what I hope? Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to do it, and I apologise if you've left the question. What you should do if you want us to answer your question, let's say, if you're still listening to this podcast now, is go to slumsociety.co.uk or go to Slum Society on Facebook and send your question in, and then if it's a good yes. question, we'll answer it until Stereo change it so that we can preview somehow what people have said on the questions before we play it live on Flipping Recorded Air. It ain't happening no more, because one guy spoiled it for all of you last time. <laughs> one uh, guy was okay. a dumbass and spoiled it for all of you last time so <laughs> so if you've got questions me and lynn are going to be coming back often um i'm always making content as well but if you've got a question for me and lynn please send it into slum society it's like society.co.uk there's uh millions of places there's a million contact boxes on the website where you can message and it comes straight through to me or go to the facebook page um or comment somewhere that you can comment a written comment and then i'll see it and we'll get back to you what do you think lynn yeah good idea good idea Cool, cool, cool. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Lynn, for this conversation. I think that was fabulous. What do you think? I think we covered some we good did. topics. We did. I've, en- I've enjoyed it. We've had a good a good chat and um, clarified a lot of things, I think. And, and, of course, I walk away from this newly motivated again. <laughs> so that's good as well. <laughs> yes, me too. I always love conversations with you as well. It, it's... Yeah. Um, it's easier to practice what you preach when you're actually preaching it. Eh? So I always like yeah. putting out. I always like putting out information to people, just trying to help the, trying to help people get a little bit of positivity or happiness or health in their life somewhere somehow. What else yeah. can I do? Eh? All yeah. Right. Okay then. Thank you so speak much, to then, you Lynn. Again soon. I'll speak okay. to you soon. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. 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 bye.